Welcome to Financial Focal Points, an educational podcast by KBNP Financial Partners. Here is your host and the firm's senior advisor, Scott Krisner. Welcome to Financial Focal Points for 20 and 30-year-olds. So you've either graduated high school and entered the workforce or recently uh, left trade school or college, or perhaps uh, that's 10 years in your rearview mirror. And uh, in any case, this focal point is to address the concerns and the needs for those that have entered adulthood. Of course, a lot of opportunities at this point in life, but there are also emerging financial responsibilities. And one thing that we see, poor money management can lead to debt, stress, and dependency on others. And that does not end up good for anybody. Fortunately, though, with good money management skills, you can have a much easier path and uh, really see yourself approaching these personal goals you've set for yourself and see that uh, they are within reach. And that provides in and of itself a little motivation. But I mentioned goals here. Setting goals is a very important part of life, particularly when it comes to finances and the questions you want to be asking yourself in this age group, again, we're, we're addressing those in their 20s and 30s. You want to define your short-term goals. Are you saving for a new car? Do you want to go on a vacation? What are your intermediate-term goals? Are you looking to buy a home? And then longer-term, saving for a child's college education, your own retirement. And once you establish these short, mid, and long-term goals, You want to kind of maybe number them perhaps as to how important it is for you to achieve each of those goals and then determine how much you will need to save to ensure that you have the funds available to live live out that goal. So once you have a clear picture of what it is, we establish a budget. Um, Contrary to popular belief, budget is not a four-letter word, but a budget will help you stay on track with your finances. And there are several steps you'll need to take to establish a budget. You want to first start by identifying your current monthly income and expenses. And this sounds easy, but we often see in a financial planning process that little things are forgotten trips to the big box store on the weekends for items needed for a little home repair or work out in the yard, springtime flowers and, you know, the fertilizer in the fall, those sorts of things. Or it's amazing to me how often people forget uh, they do have an occasional vet bill for their pet or pets. So you want to really hone in on that. And then we are wanting to discuss or have you focus on your after-tax income. We're often uh, asked that question. Tax planning will come in a different section But here we want to focus on your after-tax income. You can only spend what you bring home, in essence. So simply add up all your sources of income. Do the same thing with the expenses. Make sure you include discretionary expenses, entertainment, travel, hobbies, that sort of thing, as well as the fixed expenses, housing, food, utilities, transportation, clothing. Compare the totals here. And that's where it just becomes very crystal clear. Simple math. If you are spending more than you earn, you have a negative number after you have subtracted your expenses from your income. Uh, Most likely in this case, uh, that would explain the little credit card 
debts popping up, whether it's with a you know Visa or Mastercard or you know Discover or a specific department store credit card. If you find that your expenses are below your income, now we have dollars that can go towards those goals, and uh, you're well on your way to developing healthy financial habits. For those that uh, do have the positive cash flow, in other words, expenses are less than income, the first thing we want to focus on is establishing an emergency fund. This is money we set aside for little financial crises that can uh, pop up. Could be something as simple as an unexpected car repair or the hot water tank goes out, just some some unexpected event that is going to cost money. This is where we see people running in trouble with credit cards. They, they have two of these pop up in a three-month period. They don't have the cash reserves. Now they're carrying a credit card balance, and that compounds a problem because now they have an unexpected monthly payment to pay that debt off. It's best to have at least a good starting point would be three to six months worth of living expenses in a cash reserve account. Once you have that established, then we can focus on maybe conservative investments, and we don't necessarily have to have reserves in a savings account. We can expand from there and have conservative mutual funds or begin to build a portfolio. Think carefully before you borrow, And, and questions we advise people to ask before doing so are questions such as, is the purchase really necessary? Have you comparison shop to make sure you're getting the best possible deal, or are you making a uh, rash decision? How much will the loan or line of credit cost over time? How much will that add to your monthly expenses? Can you afford to add another monthly payment? Will the interest rate change if you miss a payment? Are your personal finances in good shape at this time, or should you wait to borrow until you've paid off existing debt, maybe get a little higher credit score, which may afford you the opportunity to see a lower interest rate that the uh, lender is going to charge you. You want to be sure you weigh all your pre-existing debt against the need to borrow and determine whether or not this is a good time for you to add the added debt. It is also very easy to establish uh, auto pays. We advise people that uh, you may want to consider doing that to at least hit a minimum payment so that you protect your credit score and stay in good uh, standing with the lender and or credit card company. A couple of other points of consideration here. One would be life insurance, uh, regardless if you are single or married. Reason for both to have a insurance policy would be one, debt reduction or debt payoff. So in the event of your passing, the individual, you know, executor, executrix, or if married, your spouse has money to pay off debt if that's uh, in the best interest for the family. But certainly if you're single, uh, debts are erased and the full amount of your assets can be transferred to uh, loved ones perhaps even uh, money over and above your debt level that the insurance policy paid for. There, there's additional capital to be um, given to your beneficiaries, your heirs, in essence. The other, though, and equally important, uh, it's to guarantee your insurability. It, it has happened where someone waits until their 30s or 40s to uh, pick up coverage, 
and they find out that they have a terminal illness or they have a uh, condition, a health or medical condition that prevents them from getting the best rating and they have to pay extra uh, for the same coverage. Whereas had they purchased that policy when they were younger and healthier, that would not be an issue. In essence, the insurance would cost less. Getting back now to the, the cash flow where we said the first step is to, once we have positive cash flow, to build the emergency reserves in a little cash position, begin a portfolio. As we turn our eyes towards retirement, it's important to examine your tax bracket. We like to say, you know, how much bang for the buck are you getting with regard to participating in a 401k or traditional IRA where you are getting a tax deduction for the contribution? For those in lower income brackets, it makes much more sense to uh, to have the Roth option in the 401k and or a Roth IRA. The reason for this is the benefit over the years of having tax deferred buildup and tax-free income at retirement with dollars that were not heavily taxed when they were invested. So example, you're in a 10 or 12% income tax bracket you're not getting that much of a deduction to write it off of your taxes. So pay the tax on the money, put it in Roth, and the idea is you never have to um, pay tax on that money again. Another advantage to the Roth savings is that at any age, regardless of the age of the Roth IRA, you can always withdraw the investment without paying tax. That is because what you are putting into the Roth is after-tax dollars. So when we have a young person that needs to build up their savings, oftentimes we just suggest they invest in the Roth simply because if they have an emergency and need capital, they can get that money without paying tax just as they would had it been in a savings account. Additionally, if they don't have to tap into that capital, it's got a few years of tax deferred growth on it and it's building and compounding without tax and they're on their way to a retirement savings. And a fun statistic here. This is simple math. Let's take an example of an individual that saves $5,000 a year from age 25 to 35. So it's a 10-year period of savings. They've invested $50,000 and using a hypothetical rate of return of 8%, at the end of the 10-year period, that $50,000 would be $72,000. If they never save another penny, but continue to earn 8% on that for the next 30 years, so at age 65, typical uh, traditional age of retirement, that 72000 has grown to 728000 Fairly significant growth there. Let's contrast that against somebody that chooses to wait to the age of 35. They save that $5,000, except in this case, they have to save that money for 30 years. The initial inclination would be that you would think, okay, the person that's saving 150000 again, 5000 a year for 30 years, will end up with more money, and such is simply not the case. The individual that starts saving at, say, 36 through age 65, so that 35 or 30-year stretch there, if they earn 8%, at their age 65, they have an amount of $566,000. So, less, even though they saved $100,000 more. 
we use that statistic to encourage younger individuals to start saving at a younger age. In terms of legal issues that the 20 and 30 year olds want to be focusing on, you certainly want to uh, align your beneficiaries with what you want would want to happen should you uh, pass at a uh, at an early age. Be they family members, friends. Certainly, if you are married, you will want your spouse to uh, receive your assets. A will is important to have to give clear direction to the legal teams that will uh, certainly descend upon a situation and make sure everything is done properly. So you want to have clear written instructions. The word used is intestate. And what that refers to is someone that dies without a will. There is a pre-written will that is just sitting on a shelf. And if you have not taken the opportunity taking the time to meet with uh, legal counsel and set things up the way you want, one will be taken off the shelf and it may not be exactly what you want for your heirs. So you want to be sure you meet with a qualified attorney, establish wills, powers of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. What we're speaking of there is someone that will make health care decisions on your behalf if you are unable to. There's also the durable uh, financial power of attorney and like healthcare, when that kicks in when uh, you can't make medical decisions, the financial durable power of attorney kicks in when you are unable to make financial decisions for yourselves. We also uh, recommend that there is some kind of trust created through the will that if uh, upon a, an untimely death, Assets can flow into a trust to protect minor children. Without that document, if you have minor children receiving assets, the courts will get involved. Reporting will have to be given to that court no less than every two years. But probably worst of all, when that child or those children reach legal age, they could be coming into uh, significant dollars. And what's important to keep in mind We're not just talking about hard assets that you have during your life. If you have life insurance, that gets added in. If you have a home and you have home equity, that would get added in. When we do a net worth study, people often forget to add those in when we're talking about an untimely death. They're thinking about their perhaps their retirement account, their savings account, a little investment account, maybe a car, but they tend to forget about life insurance policies and equity in the home. And we have seen tragic cases where 18-year-olds are handed three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000, and it very rarely ends well. So the idea would be to have assets flow into a trust. The trustee would be named on that trust and that child would be provided for for food, clothing, shelter, education at the right time, a used car. And then you can structure it that they receive a, a percentage at, say, their age 25, the percentage at age 35, maybe the rest at, uh, upon a marriage. And you, you can control a little bit. The idea is you, you not to necessarily it's called controlling from the grave, but just protecting young people from making bad decisions, protecting them from themselves in essence. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Please remember to follow and subscribe to this podcast to receive our new content when it's released. If you would like to speak with any of our financial advisors, please give us a call at 937-390-8750 or look us up on the web at yourfinancialteam.com.